are listening to Chaos on the Set, a chaotic TV and film review podcast. And today we are going full spoilers on Up, or actually all of Lost, where James has joined us, our resident spoiler expert on Lost. James, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Always happy to be here. (laughs) We're going to kick things off with a message we got about somebody defending the first six episodes of Lost. These are the episodes where Sawyer and... Kate are stuck in the cages. Uh, Our friend Laurel sent in saying that the first six episodes of season three are wonderful and some of my favorites. And then a long text. But before we get into her very, very long thesis, and trust me, there are eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 points to this thesis. We'll try and go through as fast (laughs) as possible. But James, what's your immediate reaction when you hear the first six episodes of season three are my favorite? My immediate reaction to that is that the hate for the first six episodes of season three is overblown. Wow, interesting. (laughs) I really do feel that way. I, I think that there are a couple less than stellar episodes. Yeah. I think Further Instructions is not very good. That's true. I think A Tale of Two Cities, I think the flashback is not very good, yeah. but I think the episode is good. Yes. Um. I will say, I think there are worse episodes, even outside of the first six episodes of season three, i.e. Stranger in a Strange Land. And now that I'm into season four, I just watched, I didn't even watch The Other Woman, honestly. I just listened to a podcast <laughs> on it because I was like, if y'all don't remember, The Other Woman is just the episode where Ben becomes an incel. <laughs> And tells Juliet that he owns her and kills Good. It's just awful. So I agree. Compared to those, the first six of season three are honestly not that bad. Yeah, I think for worst episode, it's a real race to the bottom between <laughs> the other woman and Stranger in a Strange yeah. Land. I would, if pressed, maybe include what Kate does mm-hmm. on that list. But that episode happens to include one of the literal best scenes of the entire show. So which I episode, can't. Which scene is that? It's the scene with Sawyer on the docks oh. with the engage with the Juliet engagement yes, ring. That, that. I also like the title, What Kate Does. I know. I like the title. <laughs> I, it's just like, it, it's one of the most like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> episodes of the show. <laughs> All right. Let's get into Laurel's thesis defending the first six episodes of season three. Point number one of 14. So we're in this for the long haul. Strap in. This is the first real glimpse of the others. They are way more sophisticated than we were led to believe. The weird, dirty people disguises were 100% misleading, like the Henry Gale stunt. What else are they going to surprise us with? We learn Ben's real name. Why do the others know so much about the survivors? This goes beyond the spies at the camp. They have to contact, they have contact with the outside world and connections that go deep. And why do people want these three people? Jack and Kate, okay, they're important to their people, but why Sawyer? And what are they up to? Okay, it goes on, but I do want to discuss this. Like, how do they have literally all of this information on? (laughs) To the point where they know that Jack's ex-wife Sarah is happy. Well, for that, I do think that that's... Here's the thing. I can rationalize it with Jacob has God Island powers, except then when you think about the fact that Ben has never talked to Jacob, then where is the... Is Jacob just getting the information to them in another way? Well, we do know that Ben leaves the island apparently frequently. Yeah, that's true. Like, that he has a network of people outside of the island, like the woman in the butcher shop in season five... You know, like he has like a network of people like it's never really explored. I don't know if I can't remember if we ever No, we do. We see Ben sitting in front of a bank of monitors, but that's in season three. That's just. Hydra. Oh, yeah. That, those are just Hydra cameras. <laughs> oh, no, but he has he has his his secret, his secret little room in his house. Oh, in season five. In season right? five. Yes, in season four, true. too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where, he, that's where he's communicating with Michael. Yes. Yes. 
Okay, so Ben is, okay, okay. He's he's basically full-on spy shit. Yeah, makes- like, he's got, <laughs> you know, we never so, like, directly get a this is the answer yeah. for that. But, like, I feel like we, we get enough of, like, the other's, like, greater apparatus where it's like, okay, I buy it. That's fair. Okay, this is the second part of point one. We're still on point one. Laura, we love you. And as it unfolds, you realize that they need a pawn that could convince Kate to cooperate so she could convince Jack to cooperate. These people are playing some grade A chess. We're far beyond checkers here. Great analogy. And the fucking breakfast and the dress? These people are next level with their mindfuckery. Okay, this is what kind of bumped... I guess I didn't realize until Laurel spelled it out for me just now that that was their plan to get Kate to convince Jack to do the surgery. Oh yeah, Ben basically says that. But why does he think the breakfast would help do that? Achieve that goal? If we're going to acknowledge the other woman as canon, which we must... Yes. (laughs) Ben is a little free. Yeah. because that whole thing was like creepy yeah yeah yeah. he's being creepy i mean tom is being creepy he is well but then but then he's gay we learn that tom is being playful okay here's the thing (laughs) i still think it's creepy it is creepy Um, it is creepy okay you convinced me laurel and james have got me on board with all of point one point two will be easy to convince me because point two is titled juliet yeah, there. That's the end. No, I'm kidding. There's more. We meet her. We don't trust her. Then she pulls the stunt card with the cards of the video for Jack, and the mystery of the others gets even deeper. We thought she was on their side, but she's basically a prisoner here, too. She plays the game, and we love her. That is true. I think Julia is really interesting. I, I am still confused about why, when Jack is doing the surgery, she's like, go get Sawyer and Kate, and if anything goes wrong, kill them. And she sounds like she really means it. But from a spo- like from a full view have seen all of the show lens, I don't buy that Juliet would instruct them to kill them. I agree. I think kind of like making it make sense with what we know about Juliet, I really feel like she's hedging her bets. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like she is seeing what's happening in the surgery and is like, I, if this doesn't work out for me, (laughs) I do need to kind of ensure that I have like... Like some kind of yeah like safety line here i I buy that honestly you guys are convinced that i get that too julia is a genius she's so smart she's so smart she's so funny she has a son uh nephew named julian i miss him uh all right point three oh sorry do you have more juliet oh that also reminds me that's the other bank of monitors is the flame yes yeah yeah. oh my god it makes me so sad that juliet never gets to reunite with her sister truly the biggest crime ben ever committed is keeping sisters apart i will stand (laughs) okay number three the red sox winning the world series (laughs) what a fucking moment she's right (laughs) hilarious moment Truly a moment that, like, for as somebody who doesn't know baseball, cementing lost in a place in time, but still making it feel timeless because that moment will still always feel timeless. Love it. No, absolutely. And I also think that, like, they really lucked out and ran with it. Yeah. Because, like, no, that probably isn't true. I have to fact check this because I think the Red Sox, I can't remember if the Red Sox line was written before or after they actually won that fall. So it, uh, okay, to my knowledge, and we could literally call Kate in here because she is a huge (laughs) Red Sox fan, but so season one was shot with the line, but that was, and then while season one was airing, the Red Sox did win the series. Right. So 
the first line was written having it not happen and then everything else I think they wrote in too after the series had been won. But in like, the world of Lost, I think they it still took them a while days wise on the island for the Red Sox in the world of Lost to win the World Series. <laughs> I'm just imagining just like Jack like in the cave during the moth. <laughs> As the Red Sox are sweeping. Also, no offense to Boston fans, but some offense to Boston fans. Jack is, of course, a Boston sports fan. It totally makes sense. I don't think he is. I don't think he actually is a Boston sports fan. You don't think so? No. But you don't think Christian is? No, I don't think that they actually... They, you care about the Red speak? Sox. I think oh, I, I, I don't vehemently disagree with you. I there. think I think they're baseball fans. Jo- I think... Jack started crying when he learned, and then and then in season four when he sees Faraday, he says, "Can I ask you something? Is it true that the Red Sox won the series?" Like, so he's checking but in. I I don't. But there's one moment that I specifically remember. Yeah. Where I think he's a Yankees fan. <laughs> <laughs> because because at the beginning of season four, and you'll. You, you will be able to correct me or fact check me on this when you watch the next episode. In 407? But, yeah. Okay. No. Oh, sorry. No, 401. Oh, I technically already watched that, but it was okay. a long time ago. So, like, My as, watch and the podcast are not coinciding as well as I hoped. <laughs> as the Hurley car chase is happening in mm-hmm. the opening scene of season four, yeah. Jack is reading the newspaper and he scoffs and shakes his head and says, A-Rod. <laughs> But maybe he's saying A-Rod. Like, I could see a Boston sports fan also making an A-Rod comment. It's true. It's true. And I guess the easier answer is that Jack is just a Red Sox <laughs> But honestly, fan. this is one of Lost's biggest unanswered questions. So please tweet at us at Chaos on the Set. We'll put up a poll. Actually, I'm going to make a note of this. Is Jack a Red Sox fan? Okay, point four of 14 in Laurel's thesis. How many minutes have we been recording? 13. That's not bad. We're chilling. We're vibing. He really grows a Oh, sorry. Point four is titled Sawyer. He really grows a lot in these episodes. He admits to himself and to Kate that he actually cares about her and it terrifies him and he is forced to deal with that. And I think he realizes a lot in these episodes that he doesn't want to die, that escape is futile and he needs to come up with a new plan that he truly cares about Kate more than he ever cared about anyone else other than himself and he has to grow up a little. I think the growth in these episodes is a huge turning point for him becoming the Sawyer who we love and who jumps out of the helicopter. She's absolutely right. Yeah. Every man for himself. (laughs) Great episode. Okay, remind me exactly what happens in the episode. So it is the episode where the the flashback mm-hmm. is Sawyer in prison. Right. Running on the guy with the hidden money. And then he gives the buddy to and Clementine. Then he, yes. Uh, and on the island is when they pretend to put a pacemaker in his heart. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's got his little heart rate monitor. That episode really made me hate Ben when he, like, attacks the bunny. I'm like, that's so mean. Yes! (laughs) And that's the episode where we reveal that Hydra Island is an island, separate from the main island. Okay, to be honest, that reveal felt small potatoes to me. Because at the end of the day... We don't even know where the island is. That the fact that there's a secondary landmass next to it. Well, I agree. That is something that was spoiled for me going into the show. That uh-huh. was something that was in the Kyle McLaughlin <laughs> uh, previously on Lost special. <laughs> but I feel like the the weight of the reveal is more that like I feel like on some level, if I am like a casual audience goer, I'm watching the show up to that point. I'm like, well. They just have to keep walking along the beach and they'll make it back at some point, right? Yeah. 
Like, that is valid. I, I will say I like that because I think that it defends my favorite thing about Lost, which is like on this random island where everything is just a green tree, it still maintains such a sense of location oh. and that I need to get from point A to point B and it will take me this amount of time to get there. Absolutely. I'm yeah. very impressed by that. Also, by the way, what's they called? Every Man for Himself. Every Man for Himself. That episode has, so the podcast I've been following along on this Lost journey with is called Down the Hatch. Uh, it's also called, it's called like post-show recaps colon down the hatch or something like that. But they pointed out that that episode has the best line in all of Lost, which is when, what's the name of Clementine's mom? Cassidy. Cassidy comes to Sawyer and says, you have a baby. I'd love you to write her a letter. And James says, what am I supposed to write? Goo goo gaga. She's a baby. (laughs) Dear goo goo gaga. She's a baby. She ain't mine. I really do wish James wrote Goo Goo Gaga to his baby, but I guess he has to wait until he gets off the island to talk to her. I do really love that episode. It, I, you're, you're making me hot on it. I, I will, the first time I watched it, I was like, I didn't love watching Sawyer in jail, but I do like the, the con. Well, like, now. and I feel like the storm talks about this is like, we have our like character backstories that we established in season one. And some of the characters ran out of runway more quickly than others. Mm -hmm. Like, Charlie is the main example they use. And, like, there's just a lot of fun different con stories you can tell. So, like, Sawyer Flash, Sawyer episodes always feel fresh and fun. And, like, exciting. Yeah. And this is his only flashback episode in season three. Which is wild. Which is insane. And his last flashback, I guess, ever. I I guess on the island he has flashbacks, because... I mean, technically, yes. Because, I mean, like, LaFleur is technically a flashback episode. But, like, not really. Yeah. (laughs) It's technically a flash-forward episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... It depends on where your middle ground is. It's (laughs) true. Okay. Point number five is Kate and Sawyer Bing, and it's super hot. Fish, bi- fish biscuits and strawberries. I love you too. Basically, every Sawyer Kate moment is pure gold. We do have to caveat here that uh, when they filmed this cage scene, Evangeline Lily was super uncomfortable and basically in tears, and that makes the Kate and Sawyer banging scene a lot less enjoyable for me. That said, we now have intimacy coordinators on set, and you should always hire an intimacy coordinator. And then back to reality, Kate and Sawyer are still super hot together. <laughs> Man, the skaters just stay losing. I know. We can't get a single moment to enjoy. It's fine. I get it. Julia and Sawyer end up in heaven together. (laughs) Number six. Tom taunting Sawyer about the bears being able to figure it out in two hours. And there's a fucking answer about the polar bears and the shark with the Dharma logo that was fucking with them on the raft. Sorry, there's a lot of cursing in this thesis. Jack is in its little aquarium. Wait, what? The shark. The Dharma Uh, shark. Okay. That's where they're keeping Jack. Oh. That's where the Dharma shark lives. Got it. All these weird little animals were Dharma experiments. Yay answers. This is also me realizing this for the first time. Again, I love that she said this. Yeah. Because one of the, like, worst, like, post-series finale of Lost Moments Mm -hmm. is, like, Howard Stern was doing an episode. Already terrible. No. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, so Howard Stern on his show, like, the week after the Lost finale, uh-huh. was, like, he had tuned in for the sh- he had tuned in for the finale. He had not watched the show since season, like, three or the, two. So he's responsible for the bad takes. Yes. Okay. So, like, <laughs> the thing that he kept complaining about, and he kept, like, pestering his guest to answer, he's like, they never said what the polar bears were. 
Tell me what the polar bears was, were. Was his guest somebody from Lost? No, his guest was just some guy who likes the show. Like they were a random. Oh, they were just they were just talking. Oh, like wow. they were talking. They just were talking, and then the, the topic veered onto the Lost yeah. finale. And Howard Stern hated the Lost finale, and the guest was like didn't have strong opinions on it and was being forced in the position of defending it, (laughs) even though he didn't really care that much. And because he could not answer (laughs) that Sawyer was kept in a polar bear cage at the beginning of season three. And that's why there's polar bears. Exactly. (laughs) Laurel should have been on this show. Exactly. (laughs) But now Laurel's on this show in in a way. But that is where, like, a lot of, like, mainstream, like, bad No, I get that. I mean, so many people, even uh, Priya and Mike are encountering this all the time, and I want to shield them from it. People are like, why are you watching this show? It ended so badly. And I'm like, I don't want you guys to think that, but I don't know what to say, really, other than I told them to their family. They're not dead the whole time. Like, I need you guys to know that now, because (laughs) people who think that are just wrong. (laughs) Exactly. And I do find that, like, you know, if someone who hasn't seen the show, like, is, like, approaching me and, like, says that, and and that's why they're not interested in watching, I do kind of be like, hey, like... It's not true. Yeah, <laughs> just watch the show. It's like not true. you know, like watch it or don't. But like, I if you're interested, like that is just not accurate yeah. to what actually happens in the show. Number seven, aftermath of the hatch explosion. What does it mean going forward? Where did Desmond's clothes go? Okay, you're right. Desmond loses his clothes. How can we complain about that? <laughs> Number eight, Clementine and Sawyer's whole con while he was in prison. He never ceases to amaze. I I will say Clementine is great, but doesn't that kind of have to deal with the earlier Sawyer point? (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, we're repeating ourselves here. We all love Sawyer. (laughs) This This one is sad. Number nine, Echo. And this is a quote that she wrote. I did not ask for the life I was given, but it was given nonetheless. And with it, I did my best. That I do, I do think Echo is a great part of the first six episodes of season three, and you can't defend the rest of season three with him because he's not in it. And that is another really great episode. Yeah, like even, all the Echo episodes are bangers. Oh my god, yeah. And even though like they are clearly like Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse are clearly to this day still salty that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Adewale left the show, they still gave him like an excellent yeah. like beautiful ending. Yeah. And he's play- still playing chess with Hurley at the end. Exactly. Uh, number 10, Alex and her slingshot. Go, girl. Alex is great. Yes. Great casting also. She looks exactly like uh, Rousseau. That actress mm-hmm. appeared in For All Mankind this season. Ooh. She's bad. She was a cameo. Oh. She was an extra. Oh, no. Not even a cameo. <laughs> I felt so bad because she's so good. That is that is really sad. Uh, if we're talking about young lost actors, I read some scripts written by Sterling Bowman, who plays young Ben Linus, and they were not my favorite scripts I've ever read. No. Oh. <laughs> Poor Sterling Boma. <laughs> I wonder if he's still getting some lost residuals. I hope so. <laughs> Number 11. Kate and Sora building that runway that they have to use later to get off the island for the last time. Beautiful. Good setup. Yes. I don't think they set it up on purpose. <laughs> but they but they made it work. <laughs> Number 12. The payoff of Kate's married, but it didn't last very long sip during I Never. Cute. Um, I didn't like it. I mean... Kate married life is so boring, honestly. Well, that's why she left. That's <laughs> But okay, here's this is I mean I know they needed to in the sense that they needed to write a flashback, but there are some things that you really don't need to explain, and I genuinely would have been fine if we never saw 
Kate's married life. But I guess maybe I would have complained later. You can't really know what I would think. <laughs> See, and meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, why didn't we get a flashback episode with Jack's flying lessons? <laughs> <laughs> why wasn't Nathan Fillion in the church? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I just always like seeing Nathan Fillion. And Valid. I think the island stuff in I Do is so good. What, it remind me what the island That's the, is. like, we're doing surgery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like, that's the cliffhanger and, and Pickett dies. Yeah. So you can't be mad about Pickett dying. Oh, actually, no, that's the next episode. Oh, never Yeah, Pickett's still alive. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number 13. Almost done here, folks. Jack isn't on Jacob's list? What the hell does that mean? And later we find out, amazing, the guy who wants to be the leader is the wrong choice. Jacob knew. We trust Jacob. <laughs> the list talk in early episodes honestly just annoys me. Because who the fuck cares? These lists are all arbitrary. And from a post-knowing-what-the-lists-mean perspective, it really feels like silly. Let's throw out this mysterious list fodder to make people curious. I don't disagree, but... To their credit, the like Ben having never met Jacob is really the only satisfying answer to all the list nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like so. I guess Ben is making up this list. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> literally, yes. That's the only answer. Ben is so messy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's the best. The uh, the amount of lies he tells is honestly insane. Okay. <laughs> Last part of the list, number 14, is, quote, Kate, damn it, run! Was such a great cliffhanger. We had to wait so long to find out what happened next. I remember re-watching these episodes over and over on Christmas break looking for clues, lol. Laurel, I'm very jealous of you because I only had a week in between episodes. Laurel is such a real one, dude. I know, she really is. Laurel is so heated. <laughs> Uh, okay, Laurel ended her thesis with thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Laurel, thank you for providing your TED Talk, honestly. It was the basis of the first 25 minutes of this episode. <laughs> All right, let's, I mean, obviously you cannot do a season three podcast without talking about the John Locke of it all. I was very intrigued in this most recent rewatch in the Man from Tallahassee episode when Ben is basically screaming, or sorry, Locke is screaming at Ben and Ben is like, why are you so mad? And Locke says, you know, you guys are cheating. You guys have access to the outside world. You live in houses. You're not really... He's basically mad that they're not roughing it. And that part was very intriguing to me on rewatch because it seems to me that the message that Locke is taking from the island is like, like, go on walkabout, I guess. Like, walkabout is your mission when there's really so many other things that he really should be learning from the island. I mean, I was going to say it's walkabout mindset. Yeah. Like, I think that... You know, if you are John Locke and you were trying to go on a walkabout that you got turned away from and then crashed onto a tropical island and were giving your legs back, I think that's also maybe the conclusion that I would draw. Valid. You know? Or like, okay, have your walkabout. Yeah. Like, if that is, like, what he thinks the island is telling him, I don't put it past him. Yeah. Honestly. And, like, you know, he's, like, a hippie commune guy. Like, he <laughs> wants to, like live off the land and like he is and if he's feeling like this is fate giving him his opportunity to do that yeah and if he is the special as he believes he's being told that he is yeah. you know then his interpretation must be correct so okay in terms of things that Locke is now being tasked to do before this right Locke is asked to kill his dad that's yes. before but a great episode the brig 
But or sorry, the episode before that is when he's asked to kill his dad, and then he no, gets no, him. it is in the. Break. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because it's a because that is a Locke episode. Yeah, crazy. That's so weirdly. Sawyer achieves his dream in a Locke's episode. He can't even achieve his dream in his own episode. But again, from a post watching all of Lost perspective, it really does not make sense to me why. Ben is like, you need to kill your father in front of all of us. And like, we're so disappointed that you can't do it. And we're leaving and we're taking the kids. The kids wish they could have seen you kill your dad in front of us. But not like, what What the fuck was that about? <laughs> so, I mean, like going back to what we were saying earlier, Ben is a catty little bitch. <laughs> like Ben, I, Ben is literally coming out here mm-hmm. and being like, so I just talked to Jacob <laughs> and Jacob said that you, John Locke, have to do the one thing that I, Ben Linus, know that you would never, ever, 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 ever do in a million years. But okay. And I'm going to humiliate you Why in front Richard of everyone. Why is Richard also then, who does talk to Jacob being like, yeah, we were really disappointed that you can't do this task. Like, Well, because I think that Ben can't just like say that yeah. and have it just be the thing. I think that it is very much rooted in that you need to let go of the thing that is tying you to your previous life. That's true. Basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like Charlie with the with the Mary statues. Yeah. Like this is your this is your moment. Let it it's time for you to let go of the thing that you could literally never let go of yeah. in your life before the island. So like in that way, Ben asking this of him and framing it that way, presumably, yeah. which is how I imagine he would frame it. Like, I could see the rest of the others being like, yeah, like, absolutely. He's yeah. right. <laughs> but the kids. <laughs> That's where he loses. <laughs> but also it is like an opportunity. But like, you know, like going back to how do they know everything? Like if we were to assume that like Ben knows everything about yeah. John Locke and knows that he would like fucking wait outside of his dad's house <laughs> with a little coffee every morning. Like then Ben knows that Locke is never going to do this and he's yeah. going to humiliate himself yeah. in front of the others, which will then solidify his position yeah. and as I guess the in special. This moment, he's desperate to define himself against Locke. Yes, because he got cancer. Yeah. So his position is very much in question. Let's talk about the Walt apparition at the end of the, the day. What do you, who do you think that was? Do you think that was the smoke monster telling Locke to get out? Or do you think that was really some kind of Walt apparition? I guess it can't be the smoke monster because Walt isn't dead. Yeah, exactly. It's taller ghost Walt. It could be Jacob. It could be Jacob, but I do. But like the thing that has always stuck with me with the Walt question Mm -hmm. is in three minutes when Miss Clue is interviewing Michael and she says, has Walt ever been anywhere where he's not supposed to be? Ooh, Oh my God. I just got chills. And, like, Michael can't answer the question. Yeah. Which is always, which is always, like, dug itself deep into my brain. Yeah. Because, like, the Walt apparition to Locke feels more similar to the Walt apparitions to Shannon at the beginning of season two. Yeah. But also, we really don't know what's up with Walt. Yeah. And that is, like, to me, like, the question of the show is what's up with Walt. Because, like... You know, like not the que- not the most important mm-hmm. question of the show, but like the the dang the dangliest question yeah. to me. Yeah, uh, and maybe it'll get answered in Lost too. In Lost too, <laughs> um, the next generation. Really interesting theory that Mike had. He thinks Christian Shepherd is still alive. He and I didn't know how to navigate discussing that with him 
because Priya also was like a little bit confused in the season three finale because she was when she was watching him pour over the oceanic before the airplane meetup was like oh is this in the future oh wait no it can't be because Jack's dad is alive and then after everything happened and then Priya and I were on the phone debriefing I told her and this was before I knew about Mike's theory I told her like, oh, no, that's just, like, that's that to throw you off. Like, I maybe I shouldn't have said that to her. Maybe I should have let her be a little bit confused. But Priya knows that Christian is dead because I accidentally made that clear to her. But jo- Mike is, like, he saw him on the island walking around. There's They're talking about him in the doctor's office. He doesn't know that that's Jack being drunk or stoned or more than that that Um, is the closest that episode gets to cheating (laughs) really interesting in in my opinion i it works wait is it the bring my dad down here i honestly i think it's because it just made me pity jack so much yes like i stranger in a strange land drunk jack i hate Mm -hmm. through the looking glass jack i pity and both of them have real substance abuse problems but the one in, in like who thinks his dad is still alive you're like oh god like yeah and you kind of need to pity him for the whole finale to work so that's why it works on me but i and i agree i do agree Mm -hmm. i i think that at this point in the show like the question of christian shepherd is very much an open question yeah because the coffin was empty and he's i I cannot wait for mike to see christian shepherd with claire (laughs) yes Oh my god, yes. But now I'm so upset that I told Priya that he's dead. <laughs> but also, at this point too, in The Man Behind the Curtain, when everything's oh, going yeah. crazy in the cabin and there's those like that 12 one. frames yeah. where you can see that dude. <laughs> Even in 2007, when I was watching that, you know, I was Christian like, Shepherd. that dude looks like Christian Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then lo and behold, in the season four premiere... Hurley looks in the window of the cabin and who's sitting there? Oh, yeah. But Christian Shepard. Yeah. All right. I mean, so wait, when does Clara get to Christian? Four, so right? She's not even in any of five. That is the episode before Cabin Fever. It's probably something nice back home. Okay. Where, All right. where Claire disappears. So the next time we check in with Mike, his Christian Shepard alive theory should be running rampant. Yeah, because then in Cabin Fever... Claire is in the cabin. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike also watched Game of Thrones, so he goes to the Stannis Baratheon school of, if you didn't see him die, <laughs> they're still alive. And so valid, yeah. honestly. <laughs> um, actually, Mike does not think Stannis is still alive, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we do Mikhail? Let's do it. Okay, so James and I both listened to the Storm podcast. I'm not sure if you listen to every single episode, but I listened to it... And what the host of the Storm podcast is a huge Mikhail fan, Joanne Robinson, great podcaster. Um, and so when I, when I started watching Lost as a first-time watcher, her enthusiasm made me, like, very intrigued by him. And then when we learned he comes back from the dead, I assumed he would be back around forever to the point where when he blows up the whatever in the season three finale, I'm like, okay, so he's going to come back, right? And then listening to the Storm podcast, they're like, and now he's gone. And I was like, wait, Really? Because what, like, what are the rules of his death if he can get electrocuted but he can't get blown up? Like, who cares? Like, you know, is does his body need to be intact? What right. are his rules here? Like, it's so funny that she's such a fan of Mikhail. I that's, know that's it's such so a... random. And the other podcast I'm listening to, Down the Hatch, they hate Mikhail. They think he's so dumb. 
I feel like loving Mikhail is a product of watching the show live. Yeah. Because, like... He's... Who is this dude? Yeah. Because, like, and it's such a compelling performance and from Andrew Devon. And I will say, the, his intro episode, when he says the line, why are we continuing to play this game when we know it has evolved to the next stage, is baller. He's great. <laughs> like, he is great. You know? And then the fact that he keeps on surviving is like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. But... It really does feel like one of those things where they just kind of cut him loose. Yeah. Like, and that's such a bummer. Yeah. Because, like, like you, at the end of season three, I was like, oh, he's for sure fine. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> he's come back so many times. Why should this be any different? And then, like, you know, in between seasons three and four, like, they, Damon and Carlton adopted a posture of every other we don't feel like dealing with died at the camps in the season three finale. <laughs> Apparently, either ran them over or they got blown up. <laughs> Which they, is about, they're good at killing off the extraneous. I'm ready yeah. for the season five flaming arrow. Like, that's what happened to, to what's her name? Nikki the sheriff Hall. from <laughs> oh. Stranger in a Strange Land. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she raided, <laughs> she raided the Losties camp. But as far as, like, the rules go, like, because we were texting about this yeah. like, a couple weeks ago. Like... We cannot take at face value him saying, oh, the fence was not set to a lethal level. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, also, it's like if you're talking about special people, right? Like, Lost, Locke got the ability to walk again. Mikhail literally can't die. Who's more special? <laughs> right. Well, I feel like... I feel like they changed their minds and they ended up, like, siphoning his stuff onto Richard. yeah. That makes sense to me. Like, I feel like they, I feel like they looked at both of these characters and they were like, okay, we have two characters who presumably can't die. One who doesn't age and one who literally has been killed multiple times in front of us and keeps going back to life. <laughs> but we find Nestor Carbono more compelling. So <laughs> we're going to, you know, like, I maybe. Like, but yeah. I also know there was a whole thing where, like, he leaves the show during season four because he got a lead role on a show called Kane on CBS. This leaving the shows thing is really upset. We lose Abaddon, losing Juliet, obviously like, and then the strike, the strike killed Kane. So he came back to lost. Oh, wait, wait, when did he, Mikhail? No, Richard. Oh, this is why Richard, yeah, this is why Richard does not appear in season four until the finale. Wow. Yeah. That is so, is that why they brought in uh, Lance Reddick? Oh, but no, Lance Reddick is an agent of Widmore. Yeah. So no. No, I think they just like Lance Reddick. Yeah, I I think, you know, (laughs) The Wire just ended. He's looking for work. Let's get him on Lost. So sad. But yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like. I mean, like, I'm just kind of thinking of this now as I'm saying it, mm-hmm. but, like, when I'm looking at, like, Richard and Mikhail side by side, that kind of makes sense to me from, like, a production standpoint, yeah. at least, as far as why they would choose to do that, when Mikhail is a compelling character. Yeah. And he is, and he, Andrew Dio is a very good, very good actor. Yeah. I think that also if they had this issue of this man comes back to life and they did want to get rid of him... That is the best time to get rid of him because yeah. if he can survive a grenade, then truly what can't kill right. him? Because like, but I just kind of, and I also feel like he he's maybe like 
too antagonistic towards Ben for their plans, mm-hmm. you know, and he's also, like, not on board with Locke either. But he honestly seems to be very, he's mad at Ben for a second, but then he's like, yeah, I will go kill both of these Dharma legends for you. It's true, yeah. <laughs> but he is, like, he he talks a lot. Yeah. In, in a way that I'm sure Ben, the person, does not appreciate, <laughs> even though it's from a place of, like, being a sycophant, yeah. you know? Like... He's not useful to yeah. Ben, and he's not useful to Locke either. So we have Richard, who's kind of riding the line, who is friendly with Ben, but sees Locke and is like, oh, this is the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I can so imagine, like, just to put a button on it, like, I can so imagine, like, the scene between, like, Jack and Richard in the Black in the Black Rock in uh-huh. season six, when they're like, I can't, like, I can't die. Yeah. I can so see swapping in Mikhail for that. Yeah. And, no, like, fair. having that as some kind of culminating moment for his character. Yeah. But, like, I'm... Avatar knows so good. <laughs> but this is, like, full speculation. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I, I dig that interpretation. I think that it's funny when... First of all, when, when Richard sees Locke here, he's technically met him before in the past. Right. crazy to think about. But also... Just a funny insight from recording with Mike and Priya. I was talking to them about Richard not aging, and Mike did not realize that Richard was not aging because of the bad wigs on other flashbacks. I was like, honestly, I don't blame you. Like, they aged Locke by just giving him a wig. Why wouldn't you think Richard just looked younger? But it was decades ago because Ben Linus was a baby, so... Hostile. Do you even know really... what that word means? <laughs> um... Curious to see how they... I guess they won't see Richard until the season four finale now. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that, like... Because when Ben splits off from the others at that point Uh and through the looking glass, that is the last we see of maybe any of them. Yeah. For almost all of season four. Until they... Until, like... Locke finds them or they meet up with with, with Richard with when Ben and Locke and Hurley are the trio in part one of Through the Looking Glass. I, yeah, I'm really trying to track where the, they go. Yeah, because they you the rest of you will go to the temple as planned. Oh, right. Yeah. The temple. The temple. <laughs> Not the excited temple. for that. <laughs> <laughs> one of those things where it's like, oh, we talked about the temple. We have to do that. <laughs> and you're like, no, you didn't. Oh, gosh. <laughs> But I guess then where would they have gone? Right, exactly. Okay, do you want to know my secret theory? And we'll talk about this more in season four, in our season four spoiler pod, and probably also our season five spoiler pod, because that's when we get young Widmore. Right. I think Ben and Charles had a secret summer romance, and Charles spurned Ben, and that's why they hate each other so much. They are such bitter ex-boyfriends. Right? They They definitely fucked. (laughs) That is their absolute vibe. And, you know, they're... If they're really going for the Sherlock Moriarty thing, which they are, they are better ex-boyfriends. No, when Ben confronts Charles in his bedroom, come on. You know they've slept together. (laughs) He literally says, like, (laughs) how long have you slept with a bottle of scotch by the bed? As if he knows that he usually doesn't. Yeah. No, they love each other. And then I think that's why... Also, I'm peeking. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think that's why Ben gets so mad when he finds out about Charles' secret family and kicks him off the island. Because he's like, you don't love me. You're mine. Anyway, we'll get into more of that later. Any final thoughts or should we? Uh... I mean, like, no, I, I I feel I feel pretty good about it. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for joining us on this spoiler-full episode of Lost. Do you have any uh, socials, letterboxed 
Twitters to drop. Uh, just and you follow also me. Be able to stay hidden. That's fine. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> follow me on Letterboxd at Prince Squeak. <laughs> Great handle. You can follow me on Letterboxd. I'm still at Shruti Marate. I need to change that. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Mike Marate. And then follow the show at Chaos on the Set. And again, you can get us on email at chaosonthesetpod at gmail.com.